0: Welcome to Sunday Chats 969, the podcast where you can listen back to interviews that were first broadcast on all FM 96.9. We are an award-winning community radio station based in Manchester, and on today's show my special guests are the fantastic author and poet Skylar J. Winter and her creative artist Neshka Turner and they're talking to me today about their brand new collaboration project Shine as well as the Decent Being tour, workshops and much more. Enjoy. Welcome back to the second hour of the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly, delighted to still be keeping you company Now, later on in today's show, what I'm doing for you is a special interview with a fantastic Skylar J. Winter and her artist Neshka Turner. The two of them are brilliant friends. They creatively collaborate, really well and I've been to one event from their current tour so they've got a new book house entitled Shine and it's been going on tour. They're having events with poets responding to Neska's artwork. They're also hosting some workshops. And whilst they were in the UK, I've caught up with them. Now, the book called Shine is about Skylar's response to the global pandemic. So during COVID 19, the best selling author Skylar J. Winter and her artist Neshka Turner created a captivating collaboration of art and poetry exploring humanity's quest for transformation from adversity now this artwork and poetry that goes with it actually follows the hero's journey so if you get a chance to see this book you'll see that in action it comes in three parts and it's beautifully crafted together so we'll have that interview after a track this is one of Skyler's favorites enjoy
1: Sign me, voice of the future, speak to me kindly I don't want, somehow, it's not me, somehow
0: Um, Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Hello. Hi there. Oh, it's really good to have you on the show. Now, you're this um, creative dynamic duo, collectively known as Artistic Word Enterprises. So, we've got Skylar there who is the word part of it, and Neshka is the artistic part of this um, collective, and we're speaking to you today in the middle of your Um, new tour, your Decent Beings tour, which is promoting your new book Shine, Um, but it's also got some workshops included as well, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, that's
0: correct. Well, I've been to one of your um, tours and um, I was just amazed by how you've done it because we need to explain to the listeners that you're actually coming all the way from australia and what i felt was that you created a fantastic sense of community with all the other creatives that you got involved in in your project so there's been a long time in the planning
2: yes yeah, it has yeah yeah so so basically because of covid uh, all the poetry events went online into zoom and uh, so I was able to basically meet people, other poets and creatives from all over the world. Um, and so, yeah, while all the borders were shut down, I spent two years forming friendships and relationships with with creatives from everywhere. And the UK seemed to really dominate that, and a lot of people in the UK seemed to really like um, my words. So uh, it just kind of made sense once our borders opened up that um that we put together a tour and we came to the UK and, and met everyone that we'd gotten to know online.
0: Well, that was brilliant. I mean, it was the perfect example of online networking at its finest. When it really works, it it really does work. And it was just like this sense of you really knew these people, even though, you know, a lot of them you probably never have met before. So I, I really enjoyed the way you put that together. Now, this book that you've got out called Shine, it's actually your second book, isn't it, Skylar?
2: Um, yeah it is my second book so Neshka did the cover for my first book which is called pieces of humanity and that was an actual um that was a mixture of um short flash fiction and prose and poetry um and it had uh, the only artwork was the cover uh, yeah and then this second book i i mean i really wanted um the first book to be a, a collection of artwork as well but at the time it was sort of my first publication so the publisher was like yeah no we're not Going to take that bigger risk with your first book, right? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so we are actually working very much. You we know, actually she's really working on artwork for that, and we hope to do a new, a new version of, of pieces of humanity with artwork in it. Um, hopefully to be released next year sometime.
3: The same format, same kind of drawing, um, a
0: little bit more elaborate, even I say, because there will really be a full pages of drawings as well. That's fantastic, um, Neshka and Skylar. Now, I just wanted to ask you, have you always had this idea in your mind that you would actually work together, whatever you were doing, or did that just come about quite accidentally?
2: Um, I did not but. <laughs> um, it, look, everything for me... Uh, I don't know, it just lands. And then when it lands, I think it's the most brilliant idea in the world. And then I just go after it. And so, basically, um, Nisha and I got to know each other as school mums. Our boys were friends. And then, you know, over time, I discovered that she was an artist because every time I went to her house, there's just this beautiful artwork all over her walls. And she started saying, oh, yeah, I did that, and I did that. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just amazing. So when um, when I was first approached by a publisher for my first book, I, the first question, I asked the publisher was, "Can I have my friend design the cover?" Um, and it was kind of all a iffy to start with. But once Neshka started uh, providing the drawings and everything, it was it was a big yes. So um, once that she once she'd done that first cover, and we worked so well together on it, and it just all came together exactly how I, had, I envisioned it in my own mind. It, yeah, there was just no question that I then um, asked her to do the artwork for this second wall. And Skyler had such an amazing passion
3: about the poetry, and the words spoke to me as well, without, um, if I wasn't inspired by Skyler's poetry, I would have not illustrated the book or or drawn artwork for it, but actually don't like like Colin yet illustrated book, calling it an art book, yeah. and it's words, art, and visual art together. Um, but yes, it, uh, the poetry spoke to me, and it's, when she asked, I read some of the poetry, and I said, yes, this, it, it was amazing. So yeah, it just worked. <laughs>
0: And it's a beautiful book. I've seen it. It's one of these books which is just um, a wonderful conversational piece, I would say, if someone has it there on their coffee table. But it's more than that. I think that, you know, you can really see the way you have blended almost to become one mind and getting just the the right imagery to um, accompany Skylar's words. And I'm just wondering how does that process work? Is it a case of you have a conversation and one of you will decide that you're going to, like Neshka perhaps, maybe you decide that you're going to paint something and then Skyler will put the correct words to that, or is it the other way around? Because that was something that you were toying with in, in the tour um, last week, where you got poets to actually write a poem uh, around a piece of artwork. So I'm was just wondering, when it was your own book, how did that process actually begin?
3: Uh, it was the poetry first um, okay. um, shine definitely had and this is this was a choice that we made together um Skylar had some um a lot of poems written uh, and she asked me if I wanted to do some drawings and she will then write about them for me at that stage it didn't that didn't feel right. I just wanted to write poetry. Sorry, uh, the drawings uh, that went with the poems um, to complement them, to show my feel of the words that she has written. Um, Yes, we might do something the other way, but um, at the moment this is how we are working. And um, I just, the words talk to me and I draw them. It, it's
0: beautiful. It, it's a great collaboration and I think it's very inspiring for, for people as well to see um, just how strong your friendship is. It's not just like a, a business collaboration, it's a strong friendship and that actually does shine through what you're doing. But um, yeah, why did you um, decide to call this the, the Decent Beings Tour then? I can tell that the two of you are decent beings, but... Um, why did you decide that that's the, the title of this tour? Um,
2: well, originally the tour was going to be, so, um, oh, there's so many layers to, to all of what I do, yeah. um, but um, it's just really important to me that I'm someone who feels a lot and I've always, felt like i'm too much you know I'm, I'm too emotional i'm i just feel everything greatly uh and to levels that can be very overwhelming to people um so yeah. the whole so basically and i'm very very uh i get very very caught up in and i get i go down a lot of rabbit holes when it comes to social injustice and right. so my own mental health Uh, I had to find a way of being okay in this world where there is so much pain, so much social injustice. And with all the social injustices, there are many common threads which came to light, obviously, during COVID when I was talking to people from all over the world. So there are many common threads. And these problems are so layered That a change of government, the implementation of a new policy here or this or that there or some funding elsewhere, it just doesn't fix it and it opens up more wounds. And so this kind of like it it really plays on me and affects me deeply. And it was like I had to come up and formulate a way of being okay in the world and and what can I just do and bring it back to myself. And that was just okay, I'm just going to decide every day that. Despite what's going on, despite all this, I can just be myself, just be decent, just make the decision that everyone I come across, I am more prepared to ask questions than judge. I'm more prepared to lend a hand than turn my back. I'm more prepared to see the person on the street. Who needs a cup of coffee? than not um, more prepared, to, you know, to just do the little things and not make a big deal of it. Just, just make that my daily practice, and then from that, it was like, okay, so if I do that, and then say people could hear that message, and everybody else started doing that, maybe that that's the thing that will create the biggest change. So, um, from that. You know, I started thinking about ways of getting that message out there, and that was creating these workshops. So, the tour originally was going to be about us coming to the UK to run these workshops that gave people a place to come and just have two or three hours of doing some fun activities and just having. A nice time and having a moment in their day where they just got to experience, you know, some really fun activities and out of it would come some beautiful words for them and some artwork that they could go away with. Um, and then and then yeah, just a whole bit of other stuff happened and then a, uh, another poet Jeff from Canada said, Oh well, a you know, we're going to go to UK, I'll come along as well. And he's a spoken word artist and he's also written a novel and we're both published through the same publisher. So now it's become yeah now it's become a tour of workshops and and also spoken word events which is fantastic it's wonderful
0: it's very expansive as well oh sorry nashka go on
3: (laughs) and and then jeff is also a decent being so we are we are three decent beings just uh reaching out to everyone and showing them
2: um and and we believe that we live in a world full of decent beings, but it's just that we, we become so uh, numbed to what's going on, and we become, and we feel so powerless because all of us feel so small amongst these problems. And so, you know.
0: mm. thing is, I, I think that like from your performances and stuff, I think you are really creating that sense of um, empowerment. So the tour that I saw didn't have Jeff um, present because he's joining you a little bit later, but the way. Um, you and Neshka um, combined your your art and and your words. The way you got everyone else involved, and everyone that got involved in this project, you could get this sense of um, pride and and well-being that they'd also kind of contributed to, to what you were doing. So that gives me like a little snapshot into what the the workshops will actually be be like in a way. But. Um, I feel that it was like um, an act of serendipity for you, Skylar, how you've got into to all of this. Because from, from what you're saying, you became more focused on your writing during lockdown. But initially, y- you actually got your, your big break, so to speak, by performing some of your poetry at a, another friend's book launch, wasn't it? So you weren't exactly going to, to be a, a published poet before that point. Or were
2: you? No, no. Um, you know, I had been through a traumatic event, um, you know, oh it's probably coming up eight years now. And uh, and from that I basically my whole like my whole life trajectory was turned upside down. Um, and I'd always written as a kid. I'd loved writing, I wanted to be a writer as a kid, but of course I've been told, Well, you know, you'll never make any money so you've got to get a real job first. Hobby, which is, you know, pretty much what all
0: artists of any format are um, All over the world and it's so wrong because the creative industries are actually like multi-billion industries yeah. but, you know, it's so underrated
2: yeah so um and anyway and it just yes it was just a series of serendipitous events that basically brought me to a women's um writing group um and on a wednesday morning and there was a and there was a lady there who was just on the verge of publishing her first book of poetry and um i turned up to this to this writing group with a poem and and over the next couple of weeks she heard some more of my poems and she said look I'm having my book launch and there's going to be an open mic there. I'd love it if you come and did some of your poems. So I did um, and was absolutely terrified. But then uh, at that after that event, um, someone approached me and said, look, I really love your work. Can you come and do a feature set at one of my poetry events that I host? And, and, and it just went from there. And then from there, um, I applied for a fellowship at a, at a writing retreat and I, I won that. And, and yeah, and it just it was just kind of you know I didn't ever set out to be a published poet or a performance poet Uh, just a whole lot of events just kind of one thing happened and the next thing happened and I just kept saying yes
0: (laughs) that is amazing and I think it really speaks to the fact that it feels like you're you're born to do this you seem such a, a natural at what you do as well was that your first performance then at the book launch
2: yeah, it was my very first performance of the book launch, and I can tell you then I did not at all really seem like a natural. I was so, so scared uh, and tongue-tied and all the rest of it. But, um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's like anything. Uh, you feel the fear. You do it anyway. Do it anyway, yeah. You realise that the world does not end. You realise that people are actually very forgiving, and um, and actually the more human you are, the more forgiving people are because, you know, and it just it it actually creates space for for everyone around you to be okay with just being what they are.
0: Yes, definitely. And for you to embark on a tour where you're going right across the world to, to perform as you are, that's just absolutely fantastic. What I love about your performance as well, Skylar, is You've got this certain rhythm to your words. And I think that as an audience, we kind of feel that rhythm. We get into it. You're talking about some um, very deep topics as well. As you said, um, everything that you write's got got layers and it really dives deeper as well. It's not the fluffy type of poetry, is it?
2: (laughs) Right, coffee, was
0: very <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I, you actually performed a lot of my, my um, favourite poems of yours. You had poems like Punchline and I- I'm OK. And there was another poem as well that I'd seen you online perform at a poetry slam and you performed it on the night as well, that was called Algebra. But I just wanted to touch on the the kind of topics that that you deal with because Punchline was very um, powerful and that was actually around the theme of domestic violence, wasn't it?
4: This poem is called Punchline and I'd like to issue a trigger warning, it deals with domestic violence. Attracted to you because you were a funny bloke. She never dreamed she'd feature in your one-man stand-up show as the punchline to your jokes. She was just looking for a good time, which you showed her. Disguising yourself as sublime, you fooled her. Matching her sparkle with dazzle, you wooed her. What could she do but think all her dreams had come true as you pursued her? It was not until after the wedding you marooned her and we just assumed each time she made an excuse she was busy being a wife. She was to an abuser she was a ray of sunshine the rare times we saw her but i noticed the storm clouds gathering on her skin when her sleeves slipped back as we were pegging washing and i begged her to leave she shrugged said it was nothing a once off only and you were beyond sorry next came the black eye followed by the broken ribs followed by the beating so bad she would never have kids and I stood powerlessly by wondering why the woman who once told me the only point to living is to have a good time could keep going home to you She would not leave because she wanted to believe her love was all you'd need to find your way back to the man you were before you married. She'd never been a quitter. It did not matter that you hit her, only that she knew the monster who beat her black and blue was not the real you, and you were trying to be better i want to know what turned you into a chameleon hiding beneath a skin that helps you blend in standing out to women until you've sucked them in what motivates you to use physical and mental abuse as a tool to remove their core leaving them hollow merely shadows as dark as the makeup and clothes they use to disguise your violence I wanted to take her, make her my prisoner until the Stockholm Syndrome, convincing her she was Harley Quinn to your Joker wore off. I wanted her to remember what having a good time felt like before her life was over. I wanted you behind bars, featuring in a show where you copped a few punchlines of your own, but I waited just a moment too long. A moment you used to punch a bullet through her brain and another through your own, leaving me to teach the lesson. There's no time to hesitate if you want to keep somebody safe.
2: Yes, yeah, it is, yeah. So I've got a couple of poems around domestic violence and normally I do sort of say to people like, "So, so, so there is a lot of what I write which comes from lived experience. There is also things that I write that are not my lived experience but because of... Who I am, the type of person I am. Um, I so they're not my experiences, but I feel the experiences of other people, and at a a very deep level, I don't really know how to explain it. I wouldn't say I was psychic or anything like that, but I just can, you know. And if someone Mm. if someone shares a story with me, uh, I actually Feel that in my own body as my own experience, but it is not. So uh, I have not been a victim of domestic violence, and I, I I think it's important that I state that because um yeah I have a very beautiful family, and I have um yes I've had experience in my life, I've had trauma in my life as a child and things like that, but but in my adult life um I, I you know I haven't I haven't had a partner that's beaten me or abused me or
0: anything like that. Mm-hmm thing is, I think there is something about embodying the situation and becoming the voice for those that cannot really speak um, for themselves. And as they hear your words, your your rhythmic performance, and it's a great performance. That if you hadn't told us that you hadn't experienced it, possibly we would have thought that that you did. Um, you definitely capture the, the feelings around it. But I think it's it's very good to kind of become the voice for for those that don't normally speak out about something and, and maybe it will give them um, the encouragement to actually at least speak about it to even one person just as a result mm-hmm. of, of hearing what you said. And I think that will probably be something that will happen. So, mm-hmm. so, so that's, uh, that was a brilliant piece. Um, if anyone wants to, to check that out online, that, w- that was punchline. Um, but also I'm okay. Now, I'm okay is great because that is something that we can all, everyone can relate to, to that feeling of you're going into a situation, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. But you, you went really deep in, into the, the emotions around that as well. So what kind of inspired you to write about that particular topic?
2: Um, well, so for me, um, so I, I I had had a traumatic event, um, like I mentioned, about eight years ago, um, and as a high functioning person, uh, I I mean I don't don't like to go too much into my own personal story because privacy of my family is very important. But mm. let's say I am a woman with with children and all the rest of it and a family, um, and um, so after this trauma on the inside i absolutely was just completely splintered i was not myself i was in a really terribly bad place but it was important as a high functioning person that i got up out of bed every day and i made it look like i was perfectly fine and my you know i did not lay a day in bed i did not you know my kids had lunch every day their clothes were washed and if if anything i probably you know overdid the the mothering um and you know, and and I was still working, and I was still doing all the stuff, and, and you know, so anyone looking at me would have just thought I was perfectly fine. And you know, we have this national "I'm okay" day where you're supposed to ask people, "Are they okay?" And somehow that's supposed to stop people from committing suicide. And um, I'm sorry if there are people out there that disagree with me. That's totally fine. You know, it's important that we all have different views and lived experiences. But uh, I just felt like it was a big Waste of money that could have actually been put into helping people get treatment, like the whole campaign. Like anybody who is on the point of suicide, if you say to them, Are you okay? they are not going to say, Well, no, actually, I want to throw myself under a bus. They're just not going to, which is why suicide takes us all by surprise when someone does it. And I just think, you know, and so that poem actually was a very angry poem it was a response to that whole that whole campaign of i'm okay because it was like anyone could come up to me and ask me if i'm okay and they have no freaking idea that i actually quite often stand on the curb and think if i just step forward now this bus will take me out and that will be that
0: gosh yeah and i mean it's going to be um I think it's World Suicide Awareness soon because one of the things that they do here in Manchester is they do a big conference which is for the you know, the survivors of of those who have um, like the family members of people that, that took their own lives via suicide and um, a poem like I'm OK it can help people become aware of the fact that if someone is saying they're OK maybe they're not because That's one of the things that people always say at the other side of it, they're like, they seem so okay, they seem fine, you know, but if if you're having some kind of doubts about a person, maybe it is worth your while looking a bit deeper than that. I've not heard of I'm Okay Day, I don't know if we have it over here in the UK, so is that something that just started in, in Australia during lockdown?
2: Oh, no, I think it's Pretty a problem. Problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because we're the same. We have, like, our, our mental, national mental health and ah, yeah. whatever and all that. And I think it all came from there. So it's been around for quite some time. But absolutely, and this is what I try and... Well, not even that I try and do with my poetry, but it's when, when poetry, when my words land with people, I ask a lot of questions with my, in my poems. And I and that's exactly like... he absolutely nailed that. It's exactly that. like like anybody who's not okay is gonna say they're okay because they feel they they feel so hollow and so in so much pain that they can't express it. So um. the only way that they can end that conversation is to say, Yeah, yeah, I'm great, I'm fine, I'm okay. Um so if you do suspect that actually this person isn't I think, you know, I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you press deeper? What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you really look that person in the eye and sit them down and say, well, actually, I've seen this and I've seen that and this doesn't seem to be you and would you really, would you like to talk to me? Like, what's going to happen? The world's not going to end. And people people think that they need to mind their own business. Well, yeah, you, you can't go around gossiping about people, but if you, if someone goes to you and, keep saying they're okay, but you just have this feeling that they're not. I think, dig deeper, dig deeper.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the the other amazing thing I think about the way the two of you are are working together is sometimes you, you get people that are more visual And sometimes you get people that are more relating to the words. But combining both within each poem means that you're actually providing um, different entry levels, aren't you, of um, connecting with with, with a piece? Yes.
2: And then we've also added another layer, an auditory layer. So in the back of the book there are six QR codes that people can scan with their phone, and that will take them, if you scan the QR code, it will take you to um, a, a voice recording of me doing um, just six of the poems out of the book. And at a later stage we are hoping to... to um, to create more of those. But yeah, for now it's just the six. So it's really important to me because I feel so much on so many different levels. Yeah. Um, I think there's many people, and I don't think I'm special because of that. I think there's a lot, you know, there's very many, a lot of us that do that. Um. So it, it's just all, whenever I create something, I usually create it on lots of levels. There's usually lots of um, levels that someone can get something out of what I create.
0: Yeah, it encourages people to interact with, with your work there on a whole other level. And the, the other poem that I, I mean, there's so many poems of yours that I like, Some are, some many that I am yet to, to discover. But I, the last one that I really wanted to touch on was, was algebra, because neurodiversity has become a bit of a buzzword in, in the past year or so. And that's something that, that you cover in, in that poem, isn't it?
4: This poem is called Algebra Lesson, and um, in Australia, we use the term FIFO to indicate a way of uh, a working way of life, which is fly in, fly out. So um, people working in the resource sector, like mining, um, they will fly away for a week or two, and then they fly home for a week or two, which can be really disruptive and difficult on families. Um, So in this poem, that's what FIFO is referring to. Only Algebra Lesson 101 can explain how difficult it is to make letters of unknown quantity equal something positive. They precede the names of my family like university degrees, but the only doctorate we can claim is in dysfunctionality. PTSD divided by ASD multiplied by ADHD to the power of three means the probability of cascading catastrophe recurring all too regularly is most effing likely. ADHD leaps about in the equation causing fractionation within every conversation triggering a PTSD supernova detonation. Emotional attachment is subtracted by ASD, who manipulates logic into brackets and presents scientific facts on any given topic, complete with referencing irrefutable, leaving us speechless and bamboozled. This argument-winning formula breaks down the other letters to their lowest common denominator, the remainder being the uselessness of deficit and trauma. Those needing maths extension can add another dimension with four more letters that come and go with the regularity of FIFO. Yes, this is quite the algebraic horror show and the fallout fills our lives with a dark symphony of sounds that sound suspiciously like judgments disguised as suggestions, all profound, but no matter where you place the letters in this equation, they will only ever equal attention deficit, post-traumatic stress, fly in, fly out. And autism spectrum. Added together within the brackets of one family, you get the sum total of emotional f uppery. You get a mother morphing to monster, doing far more harm than good, becoming a mother, becoming a monster, becoming a mother full of guilt. Children becoming monsters whenever frustration starts to build. Fathers, notwithstanding the S-storm that comes at them full tilt, becoming monsters filled to overload with overwhelm, but still having to make the best of things until they fly away again. Mothers... Fathers, daughters, sons with monsters they can't contain overuse a formula that spells sorry and equal shame, hoping for an equation to fade their reptilian brains away in addition of double negatives to create a positive reframe of a problem without solution, dividing families every day
2: yeah yeah algebra lesson is the full title of that phone yeah and yes um that's right and and you and what we're seeing is uh, more and more is that families that you know you've got families made up of neurodiverse people and it's not always and and even even if it's the same thing like adhd presents in thousands of different ways in different mm-hmm. people So it's not like saying, oh, you've got a family and you've got ADHD and it's all the same thing, so you all get it. It's not like that at all. Um, And then, yeah, but, you know, you've got people on the spectrum at all different levels. You've got ADHD, ADD, um, PTSD, um, uh, all the stuff, you know. And you've got families um, made up of all these different People um, and all trying to understand each other, and all coming from a different um, understanding of how they perceive their life and being within the world. So it can make it makes being a parent or being a person within that family you know challenging. Mm,
0: Yeah, but it's the way that you create the awareness through your your rhythmic um, poetry, that one you you performed on the night, you also performed it at um, a poetry slam, and I think it, it is kind of important for people when they start to listen to the actual words of what you're saying. It's reminding them maybe of a situation that they even encountered with a family member or, or with a close friend. And another thing that you do in terms of layering is when you perform on, on YouTube, you, you, you've got just the right music in, in the background as well. How, how does that go for you that, that you um, find the music that, that matches just kind of an instrumental? Um, so I actually create that music. Oh, wow. You actually create that. See, you are very multi-talented. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. Would,
2: I wouldn't ever say that. Um, I wouldn't say that. So basically, um, I, I love music. I adore music. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other story. But anyway, so... Uh, I just, yeah, because rhythm is really important to me, it was one of the things I kind of lost after my trauma and I, I wasn't kind of in my body and like I couldn't dance anymore, I couldn't feel the beat in my body and things like that, so doing this poetry has brought that back to me. Which has been amazing um, and finding that rhythm again and then of course the next thing was well now you know it just seemed like a matter of fact of course you have to have a backing track and so i found some different apps and i started playing around with them and you know i'm very technologically challenged so i'm talking about very basic apps and I just oh, wow
0: they do so sound basic <laughs>
2: I just, I just was able to start kind of um, playing around with these apps and creating little backing tracks and all the rest of it. And then the next thing that I went on to is I've actually recently started teaching myself guitar and I'm starting to actually write my own backing tracks um, rather than relying on apps. So, um, yeah, so hopefully I, I I am really excited about where, where the poetry is going, you know, going forward.
0: Does this mean that potentially a year or so down the line, we may have Shine the album or another spoken word album um, really, by you. Yeah, I
2: really do hope so. I, I yeah, I, look, I've got so many massive ideas. I have to write myself. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm just one person, but yes, absolutely. I, I was just speaking about that very thing this morning with um with someone, uh, and yes, I, would, I would love to do a, a, an album
0: at And but Neshka, that, yeah. you you would design the, the the cover of it. It would have to be a big final one, wouldn't it? So that Neshka's art yeah. <laughs> could be <laughs> Yeah.
3: Yeah, I would design the cover
0: for
3: absolutely I will uh, hopefully if you have me I will design all the artwork and uh, stage props, uh, whatever, wherever we're gonna go, I think I will I'm follow Skyla. Um, as she is so inspirational, well, you know, you're not you are, right. I'm not walking, you're walking step. I'm following, I'm following, supporting, and um, yes, she, well, pretty much Skylar has launched my career, so
2: um, uh, I'm walking side by side, we're always following anyone, we were walking side by side.
0: I can really feel that the love and support, everyone can feel the love and support and friendship that, that you have for each other. So, so, so Neshka, have you always been um, into art? Did, did you actually share your, your art and um, get it out there before you collaborated with Skylar is it all coming together for you at the same time kind of thing? Um, no, I haven't.
3: I started out my mom was an artist and then i've done a million other things in id hr training working with special needs kids i always painted drawn and my scholar said she's seen my drawings in my house in my mother's little house but um i have never had artist career i didn't think i would do that and then um when scala said oh, let's this, I said, oh, okay, and we did it. And yes, and I am saying my art, I am um, saying our art, as in combining the words and the poetry, not just in a book, but beautiful posters, um, limited audition things. And I, I would love to take it further. There's actually going to be hopefully three books, not just two. Um, oh, well. I'm working on the second one, the third one is just in the air for me because I will need to finish the second one. Um, We'll do. We're working on a beautiful workshops where um, I have training facilitating um, background, which for me it's just a natural progression. So people have asked me before, "Why don't you run these um, workshops? Art workshops for children? Well, I didn't, but um, I'm gonna run workshops for lots of different people, um, young, old, whatever. Um, and yeah, we'll share our share our creativity. But yes, I am hoping to get some gallery deals as well on the side and so on, but at the moment it's, it's just gallery and I, and this is my main focus.
0: Yeah. Have, you, have you actually got your, your work um, uh, demonstrated in any galleries so far, either in, in Australia or, or the UK?
3: No, no. Uh, no I am travelling now with um, uh, 13 original artworks, and they will be displayed around the venues where we're performing then we'll, uh, we do have a venue in um, the people where we have a museum, yeah. so I've, I've got a museum, so that we'll have a good opportunity to actually hang them properly. Yeah. So because um, the poetry venues are usually not venues where you could hang art. I do travel with um, a projector. So we're projecting the artwork of this teeny weeny very powerful projector Yes, anywhere wide, wide or whitish surface so that properly adds to the performance w- when they the are
0: point, i i believe so because when they are projected and then you've got a performer um, performing the, the work as well, the poetry. You, you feel like you're, you know, you've been drawn into to the actual picture and that's because you've connected so well with, with Skylar's words um, first and foremost. And then people are able to kind of like really relate to, to what you've drawn and put their own words to it as well. And I'm just thinking about the colorings that you use and, and stuff like that. Is that like a big process for you? What's the oh, coloring that's gonna match Skylar's yeah. words?
3: Yeah, yeah, that was very important. Every single poem that you have mentioned comes from the first section, which is quite, I just described, traumatic, deep, emotional. Um, um, uh, um, Subjects and um, the color was chosen for that to be those in those greys and blues with splashes of red in the actual drawing and the lines are quite sharp and dramatic and hopefully I wanted to show the pain, the agony, the the frustration at times, the scream in the drawings and I'm gonna say. I enjoy drawing the, those poems the first section, the blue one the most. Mm. Um, I really love the purple, that's the next section, where so we're going through the um, metamorphosis transition um, of different, different um, again, different subjects. Um, and then we get into the shining section, <clears throat> which is the yellow section, mm. which is joyful. I found, I mean, I, I created some beautiful work, and I love doing it, but I found that section, the last section, was challenging. Right. Um, yeah, but um, as, it, as it was a collaboration, Scala was there, so if I had a problem with any poem, she was there reciting the poem for me, discussing different ideas. So it's not just my drawings, it's drawings that we worked together on all the ideas. And some poems, Skyla knew exactly what she wanted, and then I would do a few sketches and come up with a few ideas. I didn't always agree with Stala, but she's very good like that and, yeah, so... Yeah, quite healthy. We, we, I don't think we disagreed on anything in a, in a way that was at all known and I, could, I don't know, you don't like it. It, just,
0: it. it works, it works, and I think every single poem for us works. You're great role models for teamwork, you know, for, for collaborating and, and compromising. And I do mm-hmm. love the fact that the book Shine has got its own mood kind of thing. You know, it takes you, it's a bit like the washing machine process, isn't it? It takes you through all the moods until you come out nice and, and bright and, mm-hmm. and, and shiny. So so mm-hmm. that was that was really good. It's like its own kind of like therapy session um, in its own right in a way. And there was something else that, that I wanted to ask you. You, Skylar I I heard from some some interview that, that I was watching of yours that your first book which was pieces of humanity had actually got into the little goodie bags at the Oscars one year Is that right
2: wow yeah, so last year it was in the in the Oscar goodie bag so um, that was very exciting um, you never know with things like that. It, it, the The world of publicity is interesting. Um. Uh, but yeah. You know. So far, I haven't had any phone calls from you know Elton John or anyone. Uh, like that. So maybe. Probably, yeah. It, really but you know, it, it's actually not about that. It's I, I. do believe. Um, and I have spoken with you about this before. But the listeners have, I haven't heard this, but. Um, you know, I do believe I am really just a conduit and words land with me. And they're actually, yes, they play a part in my own growth and change and my own new understanding of, of perspective and, and the world as it is. But they're not really for me. They're for the person out there that needs to hear it. So. Um, For me, the thing about the books getting in the goodie bags was not about the hype of of the Oscars. It was just about the fact that my books had made it to the U.S. and they were going to end up at some point in the hands of the people that needed those words. So that was a really exciting thing for me.
0: It's super impressive, though. And I love how humble you are about everything. But, you know, from someone that's not... Set out in the first instance to become a big famous poet or something. You know that's gone um, pretty far, and that's why you do have this air of uh, serendipity uh, about you. But I just wonder what what's next. So, so um, what is next? Because I have heard an- another poem of yours, and I believe that it's something that is potentially going into a- another book. It was mm-hmm. on the topic of love, and again, mm-hmm. like the way you you described um, all, all the. The different forms of neurodiversity. I love the yeah. way that poem is exploring all the different forms of of love, which I think we need to open up the whole topic of love more so because sometimes it almost feels like as if it's locked into just romantic love or just yeah. love for your family and then there's nothing else. But you really, you dive deep again with that one. So that from yeah. your new collection? Yes, yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. Um, Yes, yeah, so the new collection, I'm probably not allowed to use the, the title on this pro radio program. I don't know but it, you know, it has a swear word in it, but basically, okay. yeah. <laughs> No, please. <laughs> it is definitely a big exploration of love in all its many, many forms. And, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, if we have to put uh, labels on things, you know, we know that there's healthy love and unhealthy love and...
4: This poem is called Discovery. I was taught, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I have discovered somehow dreams unfold in ways beyond our control when we venture off plan into the unknowable. I was taught... Life is in a permanent state of change, yet we seem determined to resist it, steadfastly miserable about the new normal, despite the isolating and distancing having created space for listening, space for finding solutions to mending all the pieces we are learning are broken. I have discovered change recalibrates my orbit towards the gravitational pull of experiences I've never dreamt of. I was taught a doctrine about the right and wrong of a plethora of things which created a bedrock of opinions based on inherited beliefs, but no experiential knowing. I have discovered opinions are better fluid, nothing beats experience, and right and wrong are just perspective. I was taught that love anointed by God adhered to strict rules on race, religion and gender. I have discovered there is so much more to love than any of these things and it cannot in stone be rendered as commandments. I have fallen in love with women who are strong beyond any notion of the notion of strength I was born with. Articulating truths of the collective from personal perspective, they embody the spirit of Amazons and I cannot help but love them. I've fallen in love with men of all race, religion and sexual orientation. Watching them stand in solidarity with women and other minorities has shown me all the beautiful a man can choose to be. There is no denying this has changed me. I have fallen in love with humans who do not identify as one gender or another and they exemplify courage. They are fearless because they have faced the worst of us yet choose to stand up and be counted, honouring their truths even as rigid minds refuse to honour the scientific basis of their truth. Splendour and magnificence is kept within what makes us all different and I have discovered I can no longer be indifferent. I have fallen in love with individuals classified minimized and victimized throughout the ages things I was taught I should not tolerate I now appreciate and celebrate I have fallen in love with people in general and I have discovered it does not need to be sexual to be deep and effectual on my soul Everyone I have fallen for first and foremost is a person and I have discovered that by embracing all that is human instead of the rules, trying to contain all that is human, more possibilities exist for whom we can fall in love with than what is suggested by a poorly informed idea of the right and wrong of whom we can fall in love with. During this unique time in human history... I have taken a journey of discovery and through eyes made innocent from the realisation I know nothing, I've discovered infinite truths and realities exist, just waiting to be embraced by minds that are free.
2: A love between friends, a love between sisters, a love between brothers, you know, um, an angry love. You know, like, there's just, there's so many forms of love, you know, and uh, and I... I don't know how it actually even started, but I just started noticing um a while back that you know, uh i have these poems that um you know that's kind of the common theme that's running through them and i didn't even really know it at the time of writing them so um so yeah so i sort of said to neshka when well, we were halfway through shine yeah. oh i think i've got enough material for book three and this is what i want to call it and how do you feel about
0: that and she and she just said yes well, she does. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so you're going to do so the hard. um the artwork yeah. again then neshka will, will it be yeah. It w- will it be hearts in, in many different forms, or more than that? Well, I do have
3: to read some of the poems first. <laughs> I only heard yeah. one, but I, I'm guessing there will be lots of moves. I like the moves. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. A bit of variety. I, I, I'm guessing that... Um, it will be a varied but we'll keep it in the same style maybe a um, faster medium because i draw with pencils kind of pencils for what well, i did for, for um shine and it takes a lot of time for wow. drawing. It. So, yeah it's really time consuming because yes yeah, so maybe you switch to more watercolor or acrylic and less pencil. <laughs> uh,
0: how long does does one piece take you on average? Then one one piece of art that will go with one of Skyler's poems. Depends on which one. Four to twenty hours. Wow! Gosh. Yeah. Sure. As, as I look through the, the book that you did Shine, I, I felt like as if it would it would work very well if it could somehow be animated. You know, I think that like a little animated film somewhat with your, your yes. pencil watercolours would, would be absolutely amazing as well.
2: And it's hilarious. it's actually really interesting that you say that because uh, if we duck back to your previous question around, um, you know, doing a spoken word album, um, of course, the spoken word album couldn't just be auditory. It would have to be visual. And that is exactly where I'm going with that. It's no oh, sure. wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, so that's there. You just prize some new information out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like a,
0: a little bit of an exclusive. That is very mm-hmm. exciting. I'm, I'm just dying to, to see how, how that turns out. But before we, we wrap this up, I just want to ask you a little bit about how the workshops will will work, because as I've said, you've got this great sense of of community. I also feel that you've got a great connection to nature. Um, Skylar, I don't know whether you do any of that within your workshops, kind of exploring the moods of of nature and stuff like that. I only mention that because it's often a theme in workshops that go on in, in our building. But do you just want to quickly tell us a little bit about how your workshops um, have gone? Because you've done a few since you've been in the UK, haven't you? Um, yeah, so we've done one. We've
2: got another one coming up in two days in Swansea in Wales. Um, so and I think we've only got two places left for that. So uh, yeah, if anyone is in Wales and wants to do that, then you've got um, two days to sign up for that. Wow. But, okay. Well, basically, uh, they're experiential workshops, and I come from um, so I come from a place of you know you can't uh, very little learning goes on unless it is experienced like if you think about your whole life the times where you've really learned something is when you have experienced something within so you 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 know you felt it you've experienced it as a experience within your body um so it was really really important to me that the workshops were that
0: followed that format so um Big thank you to my fantastic guests who have been the wonderful Skylar J. Winter, who's a spoken word artist, and her creative collaborator Neshka Turner, and she's an artist. They've both got a wonderful new book out entitled Shine, so it's been wonderful to speak to them today. Don't have enough time to play the last bit of that interview. It'll probably be available on Sunday chat real soon, but you've been listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on All FM 96.9 with me, Ruth O'Reilly, Del- Delighted to have kept your company. Do check out Skylar J Winter on all the socials. Till next time, take care of yourself. Nats will be back next week. Gonna leave you now with one of Neshka's favorites. Ooh.